first message this afternoon is from Mr. David Hope. It is entitled, Relax and Rejoice. Okay, that is water in there, right? Thank you, Ron. Good afternoon, everyone. Boy, isn't it a beautiful day today. Good fall weather. Well, most of us here know what time of year it is right now. I don't have to remind anyone. I see all of the happy smiles for the most part. Uh, most of us here in this congregation realize this is the fall festival season. We have just uh, gone through two days ago the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, next Sabbath, next week, will be the Day of Atonement, the day everyone looks forward to. And then on October the 9th, we'll begin the Feast of Tabernacles. Are you excited yet? Hey, all right, great. Now, this is not an Amway convention, but, and especially when I say relax, don't do it, don't do it yet, you know, don't, don't do it yet. Feast of Tabernacles, uh, most of you realize that have been around for a long time is really the highlight of the year, or one of the highlights. And of course, the most serious thing, I guess, you know, is the feast, I mean, the uh, Passover time. But this, this is the time that, uh, kind of like little kids, or we did when we were young, we always look forward to Christmas and, and uh, you know, what's under the tree. But we, we look a lot more forward to that than we do the other. And uh, anyway, I got off that my stopwatch, so if I go till 2 o'clock in time for the message to start, we'll just you know, stand up and sing. Feast uh, Tabernacles is, is a time that uh, traditionally a lot of us come together as families. Uh, one, one cheerful note, uh, the Andrews family are planning on, I think, having all of their, all of their kids and as many of them as can make it. And it sounds like most of them are going to be able to make it there, if not all, at, at the feast this year. And, you know, uh, uh, we're happy for them, you know, we, we understand what it's like to have your children to show up at the feast and, you know, it's a very, very wonderful time and it's time that we'll get to see, uh, I have old friends, but that, that don't necessarily mean old age friends, although some of them are old age, but friends that we've known for years, some of them we've just met recently and a lot of us are looking forward to seeing those people again, have a chance to see and experience new things. You know, a lot of times, last year, my wife and I went zip, zip riding or whatever it is. You know, that was new to us. Uh, you get on this cable thing, you know, and zip down. I, I tried to figure out a way to hook on these telephone poles, you know, and do it cheaper. You don't have to pay, but uh, I can't talk my wife into that. A lot of learning opportunities in a lot of different ways. Uh, most feast sites, or a lot of the feast sites, will have uh, Bible studies, seminars, fun shows meals together and, and all kinds of different things and planned activities so but we're commanded as we know and we read and a lot of the feast sites will even have a banner in the back i think even the canadian church has a big banner and and behind the speaker tells you you know rejoice before the lord and we know that uh, it's a whole lot easier to rejoice when you feel good when you're relaxed, it's a whole lot easier to rejoice. Not, not that you can't, you know, and, and the apostle said, you know, we're to even rejoice in our trials, tribulations, and I've talked about that before. 
And, um, but today I'd like to talk about a few things. This is not just what you would call new truth and a lot of scriptures and all that, but you know, just some things that some of you already know, just a reminder and some things that we can do to help ourselves relax and rejoice before God. And one thing, if you want to take points, I don't know, I've, I've got some points, but I don't know if they'll come out at a point. But anyway, a uh, good thing to do, as a lot of you know, is plan ahead. Uh, make a list of things to do. Lucille's already done hers, I know. She's already ahead every, every year, you know. She's already ahead a month or so ahead of time, and all she has to do, if she don't already have it packed in a car, just throw a few things in, she's ready to go. So she's, she's prepared. But you know, is and the things they used to, and Monty says too, years ago, and, and I think it's still a good idea to do is, is uh, check your car. You know, how, what if you're if you're going to drive? What what shape is your car in? Do you have good tires? You know, windshield wipers good? You think? Well, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I wonder why it, it don't it streaks it all the time. Oil change, a lot of things. Uh, sometimes you. You know, we want to take some special foods or beverages, some things that we can only get here. Maybe we can get it at our fish site, but it's a time of year that we enjoy things that we don't normally enjoy at home because it costs too much to eat at home. And uh, I've got a good bottle of something or other that uh, uh, Ron Cobb <laughs> gave me to uh, take down to uh, Julian Cruz to give him. <laughs> We're hoping that it'll make it down there. He threatened me a while ago and told, <laughs> said, what'll happen if I don't do it? So I, I've got to do that. But it's something that, you know, uh, Julian wouldn't drink all the time or wouldn't buy for himself. And, and I didn't get on the internet or anything, see how much it cost. But anyway, but it, it, it looks like it's going to be a good thing. Uh, travel arrangements. You know, if, if you're not driving your car, uh, it, it's a good idea to, uh, uh, if, if you're flying somewhere, to, to make sure that you've got your airline ticket. You know, it's a little late right now. You can do it, but you'll pay an arm and a leg for it. And uh, if you're going out of the country and you haven't got your passport yet, you probably won't leave the country. <laughs> so, uh, one thing, especially if you have young children, school-age children, make sure that your children have their homework you know, that they're going to be gone. Well, they're going to be steady. Um, last point I've got, which is not the only thing. You can think of so many other things, but tell your boss you're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not the day before, but, you know, let your boss know. And, it, and a lot of that depends on the situation, your boss and, you know, your relationship with them. Sometimes you have to put it in. Some companies are so organized. And uh, the last, next to the last company I worked for, I worked for for about seven years, uh, about five years before I started church. And uh, the first year going to church, you know, I was really, really scared to talk to my boss. And I and already knew you don't ask them, you tell them what you're going to do, you know, because uh, if you ask them, it's always, uh, or in my case, it's always a way that then you've got to come back and negotiate. And then, but anyway, uh, We'd, we'd made it through the spring holy days without getting fired, and I thought, well, you know, my company shuts down, or that company at the time, would shut down the last week of June and the first week of July, and they'd have, you know, everybody shut down, they'd have maybe a skeleton crew, just a, a handful of people just to keep the shop going, and, uh, but we had to take our vacation at that time. 
So when feast comes around or would come around, we, you know, we'd have to take off. And, and a lot of people were just glad to take off, even though you lose the money, period. You know, you're not going to get any money for it, but just to have a job when you come back. And I know a lot of people have lost their jobs. And this particular thing, I may have told it here a few years ago, probably several years ago, but uh, when I was taking off for the feast, it was just the week before we took off to go. And uh, I told my lead men that I was going to have to be gone, you know, for a certain length of time. Well, you better go tell the, I guess HR would be the word now, human relations, and it was plant superintendent, or I don't remember what the title was then, but it's the same thing as a human relations person is now. I said, you better go tell Lance that you're doing that. And I thought, oh boy. So I went in his office that mor one morning and, and uh, I said, uh, uh, I've got to be gone for this time period. He said, what for? And <laughs> I hadn't even thought about what for, you know. I, did, I was just so scared of his reaction when you're fired, you know. I said, well, uh, the only thing that came to my mind was, was that was accurate and biblical was, I have become an heir. I've been made an heir and I am to inherit something, and I have got to go to Texas for this time period. Oh, I mean, it was just so easy, so smooth, you know. And uh, I said, I'm, and that's the only way I can do that. I've got, you know, in a sense, it wasn't, wasn't a lie, but uh, I, I, I could have told him some other things, but uh, if, if I was wrong, God had forgiven me for it. But it, it's not always a, the best thing to do is wait until the last minute to tell your boss you're leaving. And... Uh, but another thing, uh, one thing to, to help us uh, minimize the stress in our life is, is to realize that things can and will go wrong. Before you do, while you're doing it, on your way home, things can go wrong. And it can put a damper on our feast. Uh, it can put a damper on our relationships with one another. Uh, there are simple things, and you can think of dozens and dozens of things, but if it can, uh, you know, men, you can get, and I had tires, but it's not tires. Uh, men, you know, sometimes you can get off without your neckties. Have you ever done that? I know a person that we roomed with one time that, that got off without his neckties and had, uh, and fortunately I took, always take more than what I need, and, and uh, but you could get stressed out over that, you know, especially if you're going to speak. Uh, you know, your wife didn't pack the right pair of shoes, you know, to go with certain things or left a certain, well, that's not a major thing, but, you know, sometimes you can get upset over that. Uh, the thing that really gets you, that you know, the baby might have even forgot its pacifier, you know. And, boy, you don't want a baby without a pacifier, but, uh, you know, we can have a flat tire either there, coming, going. Uh, someone might even inadvertently offend us. You know, that happens. We, we've all been offended at times. Sometimes it even happens at the feast. And people will, a lot of times, are very stressed at that time. You know, we're in a new environment. Uh, you know, and things aren't going necessarily the way it is. And I know uh, several years ago, when, when my wife and I first started keeping the feast, uh, it did take us, or take me anyway, about halfway through the feast before I could actually relax, you know, before I was not uptight. And uh, some of you that way, and uh, but we want to determine ahead of time, make up your mind ahead of time that we're going to handle those situations in a godly and a calm manner. Because getting bent out of shape doesn't help at all. 
I know one, uh, one year, oh, a few years back, we were going to uh, Hot Springs and, and um, my wife and I were going to work on a, a marriage workshop there for a couple of days and we got lost, and I think I probably have told some of you this, we got lost going, to, uh, uh, going through Rogers, Arkansas. And how you can get lost going through there, I don't know, but we got lost and, and uh, thought we were taking a truck route and we ended up on a residential area in a dead-end area and we were running late because we had to get there a little early to get the stuff done. And, you know, the stress was building and, and you know, we normally want to blame the other person, you know, I'm the driver, I do everything right, you know, the navigator is the one that makes the mistakes, you know. <laughs> And if you hear it wrong, then, you know, it's, but anyway, rather than getting upset, we knew that we needed to be, that, that this stuff could cause us some problems, so we, we decided to deliberately, okay, let's practice what we're going to be talking about at the feast this year. Let's practice where we understand each other. Let's practice where we, we actually heard the person right. We get the speaker-listener technique out. And, and let's practice this. This will be good for us. So we backtracked, went back to where we were before we got lost and trying to find out where we went wrong to see if we could blame the other person. Not, not that we said that, but you know, in my mind, I thought, well, you know, she's gonna be humble and admit, yeah, it was my fault. Well, it wasn't, uh, they, they marked things wrong, so. But anyway, but, but we determined that we're not going to let our attitudes get in the way and, and spoil the feast that hasn't even started yet. So, there's a lot of things we can do. We need to predetermine in our mind that we're going to do things, and, and if we do, foul up and make a mistake, maybe it won't be so bad. Maybe we can recuperate a little quicker out of it. Um, one thing that most of us do, and, and some of us haven't done all the time, is to take care of your family. Take care of your family first. And I'm speaking basically to more than anything to our younger men and women that have kids, younger kids, because you can learn from a lot of our mistakes that we did. We were zealous in the old days, you know. Uh, we, we were encouraged to serve, to do, and, and I encourage all of us to serve any way we can at the feast. You'll have a great feast if you can serve, but not to the expense of your family. I did a, a particular situation, and I think some of the others have done some of the same thing. I know some of the people in other congregations that are not meeting with us today <laughs> did the same thing. We went to Big Sandy, Texas for the first several years, and our first year, very new to us, and uh, we had mentors trying to tell us what to do, you know, and things to avoid, and things that you ought to do. You ought to get a pot, you know, for your little kids to pee in, you know, and, and I, you know, I couldn't, couldn't imagine doing that, you know, getting one of these little, uh, what do you call, uh, ceramic or whatever it is, pots, you know. And uh, I just couldn't, because I, I used them when I was young, you know, we didn't have an inside bathroom, and I thought, ah, that's stupid. And, uh, but anyway, but we got there, and um, we knew that we needed to serve. We needed to help the widows set up their tents, and, and the majority of the people at that time at that feast site camped. And I would pull our trailer in there and, and back up there and unhook it from the car and uh, maybe get the tent out and then let my wife and, you know, four, we only had four kids at that time, let them set it up while I was down here helping Miss Jones or Miss whatever her name is, 
set up her tent, and, and, and there were more than enough men out there willing to do it anyway, but if you didn't do it, you know, you weren't doing your job of serving, you know, you had to serve. And I thought, well, my wife's strong, she knows how to do all this stuff, you know. And, you know, and she worked right up until almost uh, the feast time that night, you know, trying to get the kids, you know, the tent livable and the trailer livable. And, and uh, you know, I was happy, man. I served, you know, I'm doing, doing my good job. And uh, then later on uh, uh, during the feast, I think about two or three times, uh, uh, the Tulsa Church was uh, responsible for parking and traffic and all that. And Steve, you probably were on traffic or something that year too. And, uh, you know, even though we did try to recruit people off the highway, you know. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, you know, I thought things were fine. Well, my wife, I found out years later, and she never complained as, as a good uh, church uh, Church of God wife, they, they don't complain. They know they're not supposed to complain. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because I'm ahead, and, you know, you're in a bad attitude if you complain. But, you know, we could at least listen to them. But anyway, I didn't find out until years later, you know, she slept through most of the, most of the messages, you know. She was so tired, you know, keeping up with those little kids all day. And Miriam, I know, knows, you know, a lot of you people out here know the whole, the whole thing. So, so the younger people, you know, uh, the young men, it, it'd be good if you can... Uh, Schedule your serving a little bit around your family and make make sure your your family and kids are well taken care of too and, and I know a lot of cases the women will will do a lot of things too, so the men can serve and that's good but you know we, we want to make sure that we keep keep mama happy and like I said, sometime we just need to take a deep breath. I didn't say that, but I am now. We need to take a deep breath, you know, when things are really about to get to us, and one of the keys, you know, just take a deep breath, and I, and I don't necessarily count to ten, but, you know, I quit trying to think about all the things that, that's bothering me, and take a deep breath, and just realize, you know, this this will pass, and uh, anyway, uh, we had a situation, and, and some of you may have a situation coming home or going to the feast. We uh, one year we, we had a problem, uh, and I'm not putting this in the, side, in the context of taking care of your wife and kids, it's just basically to, have, to, to not let pressures overcome you. And we had a 59 Pontiac, and we were pulling a big old trailer home, and, and uh, we left a day after the feast was over, which we like to do most of the time. You know, everybody, a lot of people have already gone. We've got the whole campsite for ourselves, you know, that last night after the feast is last great day's over. But we headed out, and, and it wasn't very long down the road, and uh, the car started overheating. And it had been bad enough, it had just been the car, but we were pulling the trailer too, so that made it even. Steve knows that when he pulled those trailers over the mountains out in. California and Washington and all that, but you know how a car can overheat. And but we were fortunate; we had a big old ten-gallon galvanized water tank, which was popular back in those days, and we used at the campsite so we wouldn't have to carry water so much. We carry a little one, but anyway, about every tw oh, between twenty and fifty miles, we would have to pull over and let the car cool a little bit, drain some water out of that ten-gallon water can, and you know, pour it into the engine while it was running, you know, you didn't want to bust the block or something. But we had to do that, and that was getting frustrating, you know, even though we left uh, fairly early one morning, you know, to go home, but it's frustrating, you don't know. We even had to stop, I don't remember how many times, once or twice or thrice or whatever it was, to even fill up the big 
uh, water can with water. You know, that's frustrating. And uh, we'd had such a great feast. I think had not we uh, been really charged from the feast, we'd have really let it got to us. It would have really been hard on us. But uh, then we got down, to, uh, most of you are familiar, coming in from the Texas area, and you're driving on, uh, uh, what is that, a 75 beeline, wherever Henrietta is down here, you know. And uh, two of our kids in the back seat were getting into a little fight or something. My wife was, well, she'd bent this way. You know, I don't know whether she's beating on them or what, but, you know, she was straightening them out, you know. And I was distracted, and here come uh, Interstate 40 going east and west, Oklahoma City or Joplin. Oh, I don't want to go to Oklahoma City, so I took the other road. And it was about 10 miles down the road before I even realized that <laughs> I don't want to go to Fort Smith either. <laughs> you know, and I'd already lost, you know, at least 10 miles one way, 20 miles that way. So I'd already lost about one, one radiator filled with water. And uh, we, we still practiced the old deal, you know. Okay, let's not get a rattle. So we had just pulled over to the side of the road and said, okay. And we'd had, not long ago, earlier that day, had bought a big old black diamond watermelon down in Texas. So we pulled over and, and we got opened the trailer up and had a big old machete in there. And, and we busted that watermelon open and, and had watermelon. But you know, I look back at that now and, and uh, even though I don't want to go through it again, but you know, that was really a, a, a fun time for us. <laughs> to know. It doesn't make sense a lot of times how uh, a hardship can be a fond memory later on, but some some tragedies are. We had another time, uh, I had a little old, uh, a small engine Chevy van, a little old six-cylinder engine trying to pull a trailer with it, and, and same thing, we left the next day and, and uh, got a little ways out of Big Sandy, not too far down there, and it was on a Sunday that time. And the old thing got this bucking and snorting and making all kinds of noise and vibrating. And, and I knew it wasn't going to pull that trailer the rest of the way home. And uh, what had happened, I, I, my guess was right, fortunately, but it had blown a head gasket. You know, on a Sunday, there's hardly any auto parts stores open on Sunday. Well, we were very fortunate that this little bitty town that we pulled into, the first town that we got to, uh, had an auto parts store. and, and uh, and that old Chevy van, you know, the motor's inside. You know, you've got this, what they call a doghouse. I call it prowling or something. But you got got that doghouse, then you got the passenger seat. Well, the new one's the doghouse is up front, but this was right here, and we had a seat on it. One of our daughters would, or baby, would sit on it with seat belts and everything. Well, I had a seat on it, and uh, one of the motorboat seats, you know, that they take fishing. But anyway, just uh, pull that thing up and, you know, tuck my tools out and put a new head gasket on it and, and we made it all the way home, but you know, it's stressful, stressful. But you know, things will happen, maybe not necessarily that, but uh, you can almost count that something's going to be stressful while we're going to the feast. But attitude will help, it, it didn't make all the difference, but it helps. But the thing that we need to realize is to relax and realize this is God's feast that we're going to, and He commands us to relax. And uh, if you turn with me over to Deuteronomy, the 14th chapter, and I'm, I'm not going to do a great deal of reading today, but this is uh, something that's common to us, and and uh, just break into it. Just Deuteronomy, 14th chapter, and it's like 14 to about 27. It says, You shall surely tithe all the increase of your seed that the field brings forth year by year. 
And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of your corn, the tithe or of your corn, of your wine, of your oil, and the firstlings of your herds and your flocks. And here, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Part of the lesson of this is to learn for them in Israel and for us to have today. And of course, we have a future event, you know, for the uh, world tomorrow and all of that. But one of the things is that God wants us to learn to fear the Lord your God always. Verse 24. If the way be too long for you, so that you are not able to carry it, you know, it's kind of hard to carry a cow or a goat or a sheep, or you don't carry them anyway, but it's hard to get, uh, you know, your oxen and, and all this stuff and carrying it, you know, maybe a day or two or three walk, you know, to the feast site that you're going to. It, it's a little hard to do that. And uh, so God's not giving you an out. He's not giving you an excuse. Well, I can't go because I can't do all that. So he's, he's giving you uh, right up front that... Uh, uh, here's here's the way. If the way be too long for you that you're not able to carry it, or if the place be too long from you, which the Lord your God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord your God has blessed you, and generally God has blessed all of us, or most of us, to the point that we can do that, we can save our money and we can go. Then, verse 25, then shall you turn it to money, bind up the money in your put it in my wallet or whatever, but anyway, put, bind up your money in your hand and shall go into a place which the Lord your God shall choose. And we know that he's chosen a number of places to go, uh, even right here in Tulsa. There's a place right here that some of the people are going to meet right here in our own building. God's chosen to place this. And uh, for a lot of us, if, if, if for some reason, for age and health-wise or, or finances, you know, uh, we would go here. Some people just go here because they love the people here. So whatever the reason is, you know, some of us, uh, some people like to go to Florida. Some people like to go to California. Uh, we like to go to different places, but God places his name there to feast the tabernacles. Verse 26, and you shall bestow that money for whatsoever your soul lust after, Ooh, ooh, for oxen or for sheep or for wine or for strong drink or for whatsoever your soul desires, and you shall eat there before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. Boy, I, you, that, that may be a command, but it's not hard for me to, to, to go down and say, well, I've got to have this nasty old... New York strip steak or this ribeye or, or a T-bone. You know, God tells me I've got to, eat, you know, I've got to eat oxen or, 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 or sheep or something, you know. You know it, it's no problem with me. I, I love a good steak, you know, about inch and a half to two inches thick and the right seasoning on it. And there's not very many places that fix them the way I like it, but boy, when I do, I go back. Verse 27, And the Levite that is within your gates, you shall not forsake him, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. And, of course, back in the old days, the Levitical priesthood, you know, they, they, they did their service. They didn't farm, didn't have all that. So God allowed a way for, for them to even have a way to go to the feast. We'll go over to uh, uh, Leviticus 23, another familiar scripture to, to all of us, most of us. Leviticus 23, verse 
34. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifth day of this, of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles, seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. And you make a study of all of the words in there. And, and the holy convocation, we understand. Uh, I don't have to do too much to prove to you that the holy convocation is a day that you really need to come together, you know, as a group, as a people, the best you can. Uh, the Sabbath is a holy convocation. Uh, you shall do no servile work therein. Seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire. And, and we understand that some of the stuff I'm reading right now is not applicable to us right now. We don't do the sacrifices anymore in the church. Uh, if anybody has a problem that, that hears this and understands, well, this is all done away. Well, we understand that uh, the New Testament church kept it many places. We know that it's going to be kept in the, in the world tomorrow, so that, that's another subject altogether. But I just for the sake of anyone that comes across this message and or reads these scriptures, say, well, you know, we, uh, I think you're all wet. Because we, we don't do these old sacrifices and all that. And my excuse was when, when my wife told me years ago that, that we're to keep the Feast of Tabernacles, and this was before uh, we actually started the church, and, and shortly before we went to church, and, and uh, the ministers had to come out, and didn't have to, but they did, come out and, and interrogate, I mean, interview us, uh, <laughs> like, you know, they used to interview us, and, and uh, you didn't always know from the first, I'm going to say interrogation, <laughs> I've uh, been watching too many crime shows. Anyway, it, it, the first interview, you didn't always know whether you were going to be able to, to be accepted or not. You know, they, they, uh, sometimes they would give you something to read, some more stuff, so you'd have a little better understanding. And, and uh, sometimes, uh, I guess, a few people, you know, were righteous enough already that, oh, yeah, come on in. But anyway, we didn't know right away. And then I was working, and, and uh, the minister and his assistant came by one day when I was working and uh, told my wife about the Feast of Tabernacles. Oh, second tithe, you know, and we didn't have a problem with the first tithe, you know, we just felt that was commanded, but you know, second tithe, Feast of Tabernacles. I said, there ain't no way I'm gonna be able to go to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles, so forget that. And uh, then, then the answer came back little later well we don't go to Jerusalem you know we go we go here we go to Jerusalem we're in you know in, in the millennium or some other time but no no we, we, we do something else but I thought ain't no way I thought I had a way out you know there ain't no way on my income I'm gonna go to Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Tabernacles and uh, then I told my wife I said okay you know I didn't lose my job We'll save that second tithe, and this was one about January, I guess. And I said, "But the day I find out that we don't, we don't have to do that, that money is mine. It's going to pay bills, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go to that feast of tabernacles." So, but uh, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, God opened our minds, you know, to where we understood it, you know, and reading a little bit, and and going to church services and holy convocation with one another, and. 
and then, and then especially after hearing the excitement for so many people of, of how much fun it is, how, how great it is to, to go to the feast, and I, I just about came to the point that I would go even if I didn't have to. It sounded like so much fun. That's better than Christmas and, and Fourth of July all put together and Thanksgiving. But anyway, but um, I find out, Rick, is that scripture I worked on last, Rick? Is that the next one I need to come to? I, I lose my place sometimes. I'll start on 36. These are the feet, or no. Uh, okay, well, we'll start on 37. Well, okay. I'll go back to 36. Sorry, Rick. Sorry, Rick. Uh, Rick's very patient. See, he's, he's practicing already. He knows what he's going to put up. Well, although I'm not going to be the same. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rick knows what he's going to have to put up with. Okay, get, get used to me, Rick. And I'll try the same. Seven days you shall offer an offering made with fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day, yeah, that's a good thing I meant that. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation to you. You shall offer an offering made with fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and you shall do no servile work therein. So, you know, the first day and the eighth day, you better, better, better be together. And uh, don't do any work. Just plain and simple. 37. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations and to uh, convocation. To offer an offering made to fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice, a drink offering, everything on, upon his day. And I like that deal about the eating the ox and the strong drink. I, I love a good margarita. It's, it's hard to get a good margarita, but uh, uh, there's, anyway, I, I know a good place to get good margaritas. But, you know, he didn't tell us to get drunk, but he did tell us to have fun. And like Julian Cruz said, let's have a party, you know, let's, let's, have, uh, let, let's have a party. And you, you read that, and you read the words in there, and uh, even, even the, uh, one of the places where it says a solemn assembly, some of those words there are, 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 are festive, you know, a, a festival type thing. One of them even means giddy, you know, not, not like you're drunk, you know, marijuana or something, but you know, uh, but, it, but it, you know, it's, 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 it's a fun time. And uh, uh, verse 38, and besides the Sabbaths of the Lord, and besides your gifts, and besides all of your vows, and besides all of your freewill offerings, which you give unto the Lord, also in the 15th day of the seventh month, when you've gathered have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Verse 40, and you shall take, and you shall take you on the first day the burls, anyway, of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and burls of thick trees, and willows and of the brook, and you shall, you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. So, and, and, and most of us don't go out and take the palm trees and willow trees and all these things and make that. But we understand that to, to be temporary dwelling. That's what that was. And, of course, we understand in Israel, they, uh, it was a sign to them to realize, you know, they did come out of Egypt and they had to stay out here in these temporary dwellings. And uh, to us, we, we still do a big part of that. We, we stay in temporary dwellings. Uh, 
uh, a hotel, not a hotel six. Well, maybe it's hotel six. That what, what what's close, but you know, uh, uh, a motel or or uh, a camper trailer or an RV. Uh, uh, some people do tents. Uh, I enjoyed, uh, and I think some of you did too, uh, tents and camping and trailers, and, and those are a lot of fun. But however you do it, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And you shall keep it a feast, verse 41, and you shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths or motel rooms or in apartments or whatever. Seven days all that are Israelite born shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God, and Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feast of the Lord. So we're, we're familiar now with the feast of the Lord. And uh, I don't know of anybody out of here that's going to be rebellious and try not to rejoice at the Feast of Tabernacles. Anybody going to be rebellious and not rejoice? No. No, we're all going to try to rejoice. In conclusion, this is God's way of telling His people, take a break. Relax. Take a vacation the way I choose. This is the way I choose to take a vacation. And relax and rejoice before me.